the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, a program providing help and information for our caregivers who are vital to the health and welfare of so many people in our community. You can hear Caregiver SOS On Air Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our guest co-host today, Joy McQueen. Carol Zerniel is on special assignment. Joy is with the WellMed Caregiver SOS program. You find her in the Northern Hills Clinic, where she provides help and counseling and support for caregivers and their families. And one of the issues that we are delighted to take up today is one that we don't really think a whole lot about, because everybody does it. You figure you know how to do it. What's the big deal? That's the whole question of grocery shopping for seniors. Mary Helen Vasquez joins us. She's a well-med clinical educator, a registered nurse, a certified diabetes educator, been with WellMed for uh, 12 years now. In fact, uh, as we record this show, today is the anniversary of her being hired and the anniversary of your marriage. So what a great day. Good to see you. Anniversary. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. How many years have you been married? Uh, Too many. (laughs) (laughs) I know some good lawyers. You know, Ron, though, uh, this is this is a very important topic, and it is something that does come up um, quite frequently, particularly with caregivers, but also just in some of the classes that we do. How does it come up? It comes up with, um, you know, how do we stay healthy? What should we be eating? Uh, if I'm a caregiver, what should I be feeding my loved one? Uh, those are those are the the, the big the big questions uh, that you know what how how do I read labels label reading comes up uh, so so those are so I'm really excited that you're here today to talk Thank about you. this so Mary Helen take us through the class how, where do you begin well uh, when I present the class to our our seniors the first thing that we recommend is of course you know go down uh, have a list first of all go to your pantry. Check your pantry. Um, see what you have because many times we buy what we see and we already have maybe two or three in the pantry. Uh, also, look at your expiration dates like you do your medicines because many times we have things in the pantry that should be thrown out. So um, have a list. Of course, the popular one is don't go hungry. We all know that one because then you put in things that you shouldn't. Don't shop when you're hungry. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we say is stick to your list. Of course, it's going to save you money, uh, first of all. And then you're going to get what you really need and not go and buy something that you're not going to use. I, I usually put a list together. Before I go shopping, my wife and I will put it together. And a lot of times I'll take our little four-year-old girl, Reagan, with us. And she'll see something in the store, Mary Helen, and, and I'll say, you know, Reagan, it's not on the list. And I'll show her. She can't quite read yet, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll show her the list. I don't know where it says gummy bears on this <laughs> list, Reagan. And she'll say, okay, Daddy, okay. So the other night she looked at me and she said, are we going shopping tomorrow? I, I said, I think so. Would you put gummy bears on the list? <laughs> She's well, a very she, smart child. She figured it out. Fast learner. Fast and you learner. mentioned expiration dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed that in the milk section, for example, we have three little ones, so we buy a lot of 2% milk. Uh, The dates vary all over the park on when they expire. Uh, Now, we go through it so quickly, it really shouldn't matter, but I I always look at the date, and I just pick the one that's uh, the furthest out. Exactly, exactly. That's a good idea. But the dates that we're referring is, you know, when you go into your pantry and you see those dates. I mean, I, I know I've had spices that are probably two years old and uh, shouldn't be there anymore. So many times that helps. One of the things that we recommend also is when they go to the grocery store is stay on the outer part of the store with the healthier choices, such as your vegetables, uh, the produce department. Uh, with the dally, perhaps the of course, like you mentioned, the milk, the eggs, all of those are pretty much on the parameter of the store. 
the middle of the store, we, we encourage buy the things that you have on your list because mostly you're going to see chips, cookies, a lot of those foods that, especially for our seniors, if they have high blood pressure, very high in salt. If they have diabetes, maybe very high in carbs, especially the sweets. And sugars. And sugars, exactly. Those are the, you know, those are the ones that we try and avoid, the sugars and the salt. So those are usually in the middle of the store. But there are some healthy things like perhaps peanut butter, um, you know, some, some canned goods. Of course, frozen. We always recommend fresh or frozen. But... Uh, those are some of the things that we recommend. And for seniors, and you're a, a diabetes educator, uh, I've got a good friend who has uh, diabetes, and we'll go out to dinner with her, my wife and our friend, and very often, and I don't say anything, which is unusual for me, <laughs> she will order the exact wrong foods and add a soda to that, for example. Oh, my which God. Is Five teaspoons of sugar and just 12 ounces of right. soda. Well, actually, right. it's 10. Oh, 10. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, so, yeah. Even, and, even worse. In a, in a 12 mm-hmm. ounce, yes, there's mm-hmm. about 10, 10 teaspoons of sugar. So when we're talking about diabetes, um, uh, one soda is probably all the carbs that we recommend for one meal. So if they're already taking additional carbs and an additional soda, that's doubling up on their carbs. So when you see someone who has diabetes... Uh, who's got a soda, and they say, well, I'm just having one a day. Exactly. What's the answer to that? Well, uh, if they're in the class, of course, (laughs) I demonstrate to them so that they can see. Because I don't like to say you should never do this, because the minute I tell them, that's when they're going to want to do it. So I demonstrate to them, this is the choices. These are the choices. And then I demonstrate in, in a 12-ounce, and I show them exactly how many teaspoons of sugar are in that 12-ounce and how many carbs exactly there are. And so then they're just very so surprised. Spoon out the sugar. I get right. packets, and, right. I, and I count the packets. Mm-hmm. I count them, mm-hmm. one, two, three, up to ten, and so that they're aware that there is ten teaspoons in a 12-ounce. Not too many people oh. drink 12 ounces anymore, by the way. Right. <laughs> what are, they, are they usually drinking more? Larger. More, more larger, yes, or supersize it. Mm-hmm. So those are, and, and then they can see and make the decision. So in a 48-ounce, you're talking oh 40 teaspoons or so of sugar. Approximately. Yes, 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 probably. Wow. A lot, a lot of sugar. You wouldn't sit and eat that out of the sugar bowl. Right. No. And and the thing is that they're empty calories. Mm-hmm. They are calories. They are carbs. They're empty empty calories. And of course, if they drink, oh, I'm just gonna just guess about two sodas a day. Only two sodas a day. They're probably gonna gain forty forty five pounds at the end of the year. So this is why you know there's so much sugar and so many calories in them. You're getting the good news here on Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Mary Helen Vasquez is a clinical educator with WellMed, and sitting in for Carol Zerniel today is Joy McQueen on Caregiver SOS On Air. By the way, all of our Caregiver SOS programs now are available on iTunes at no cost. You can listen to all the shows, uh, and if you're on an Android versus a Mac, uh, there's still a program that you can use to access iTunes, and we hope that you are able to enjoy all the programs that we are able to put up there over the year. So, Mary Helen, when you... Sit somebody down. Let's say you, you're teaching a class as a diabetes educator. Okay. So many people in South Texas have diabetes. Correct. Where do you start? Because it's like cigarettes. People know they shouldn't smoke. It's like uh, sugared foods. People know they shouldn't eat it, but they do anyhow. Mm-hmm. So how do you start? Well, the first thing, I, I try and assess what they know, how much they know. First of all, if they understand what diabetes is. Uh, if they understand their their lab results, if they check their blood sugars, um, you know, I try and assess what their their needs are. I have talked to people that have had diabetes fifteen years and have never attended a class, and so what they know is what they've asked their neighbor or their friends, and many times it's misleading because they don't understand um, the the importance of the components that they need to control their blood sugars which are, of course, healthy eating. And it takes us at least two hours to go over carbs with, with a class so that they have an understanding of uh, the portions, uh, what, how many carbs are in certain foods. 
how many portions they should have, which are healthier carbs, those kind of things. So it takes a while to get a good understanding of carbohydrates. Carbs are not carbs. They're healthier carbs. Car- car- well, a, a regular soda is a carb. So that would not be the first choice. What would we, healthy carbs be? Well, healthy carbs are all your your vegetables, your starchy vegetables, but there are portions that they should have. Uh, lean, uh, well, let me see, all the fruits. Any fruit is a carb, and a lot of times people think, well, fruits are healthy, so I can eat a lot of fruits. Mm-hmm. Well, each fruit has a different amount of carb. They all have sugar. Of course, carbs 100% turn to sugar, but... Each fruit has a different amount of carbs, so they people need to understand the portions of the different fruits. So what are the healthier fruits then? Uh, well, I don't like to say there are healthier fruits. I think they all are. They all have good vitamins, and uh, but it's the portions of the different fruits. For example, if you have an apple, you can have a whole apple. If you have a banana, it's half a banana, which is going to give you the same amount of carbs. Because bananas so are chock full of carbs. Yeah. So it's a it's a so a banana's good, but the portion is different. It's Nobody eats half a banana. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mary Helen, come on. <laughs> well, if they eat the whole banana, then that is two servings. And so that's where the servings come, and they have to understand how many servings they can have. And when you go to – you start talking almost at lean meats. Now, are are, are we avoiding meats on these kinds of programs, or are we just restricting how much we eat? Well, uh, the recommendation is leaner meats, but, of course, a variety to include, of course, some salmon, some some fish, some uh, tuna, include – um, uh, chicken. So you want a variety. So we, we t- kind of encourage to eat a variety of foods. I love salmon. I love, me too. Me too. Me yeah, too. Love salmon. And, and of course, carbs are also uh, the milk and uh, yogurt is considered a carb for someone that has diabetes. And so a lot of times people think, well, milk is a protein. It does have protein and has calcium, but it's considered a carb for someone that has diabetes. So I think that is one of the different carbs that people misunderstand sometimes. Now, what do you hear, Joy, from people you talk to? <coughs> Sorry to get you when you're coughing. <coughs> yes. Uh, what, what do I hear from people? Yeah, what do people ask to? you when you, when you talk about uh, You said this topic comes up. Oh, abso- absolutely. Well, it's mainly about uh, reading labels and, um, you know, how much, how much fat am I supposed to have? How many calories? How many, um, you know, the sodium? What is that supposed to look like? Uh, that's, that's the big thing that, that, uh, that, that, we, talk, uh, that we talk about and, and can be very confusing is that label reading and learning to read, read labels uh, because that is important when they when they go out shopping to do that. So uh, I'm sure that that's something that you cover in your class as well. Yes, we go over label reading. As a matter of fact, there's a new label, and they are changing the label a little bit to hopefully people will have a better understanding of it and it'll be a little a little friendlier to read. Well, the thing that's been so misleading are uh, servings. Right. So many calories, so much fat, so much carbs, so much protein, so much sugar per serving, and the servings can be very misleading. Exactly. Again. In fact, often they'll try to make it more servings to hold down the numbers of calories mm-hmm. when nobody really eats that way. Right. So what's the new label going to look like? Well, the new label, um, as a matter of fact... Here, hold ha- it up to the microphone so people can <laughs> see it. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, the new label, the first thing that it has is how many servings per container because before it was very small. Mm-hmm. And so they would read, first of all, the serving size, but then the servings per label were kind of not hidden, but they weren't as easy to see as All right, we're going to come back to this in just a minute. Stay with us. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Mm -hmm. Aaron. Joy McQueen is sitting in today for Carol Zerniel. She's still on special assignment, and we're talking with Mary Helen Vasquez, a well-med clinical educator. Those of us who are eligible for Medicare know all too well it's difficult and confusing to navigate the maze of rules and regulations, but now there's good news. The Medicare Information Centers brought to you by WellMed provide all the information Medicare-eligible people may need on Medicare and Medicare Advantage health plan options, preventive health care, health topics, government-sponsored Medicare savings programs, and a whole lot more, and there's no cost for the service. 
The Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are your one-stop go-to resource for everything you need to know about Medicare and various other resources. Remember, open enrollment begins October 15th and continues through December 7th. Hey, don't do it alone. If you don't understand something, ask for help. It's available at no cost. Call 877-813-3134 for more information about open enrollment and for your appointment at one of seven Medicare Information Centers in San Antonio, 877-813-3134. I've got good news for you. If you are still wondering what you're going to do about open enrollment, deciding on what kind of Medicare plan you are eligible for and what will work best for you, the open season on Medicare enrollment ends December 7th. And we have people standing by right now to help you. No cost, no charge, nada. Just call 877-813-3134 for the WellMed Medicare Information Centers, 877-813-3134. The call is free and the service is free. Hey, we're sitting here perusing the new food label that is coming to food shelves near you soon. It sure is a lot more eligible. you got to wonder why it took so long. Who knows? I'm Ron Aaron, along with Joy McQueen, who is filling in for Carol Zerniel. Mary Helen Vasquez is with us, a well-med clinical educator, a registered nurse, and a certified diabetes educator to boot. That new label, Mary Helen, uh, is going to make it a lot easier for people to see what's in that food. Definitely, especially for the uh, servings per container, because that is really something that they can see immediately. And like you said a little while ago, many times you will get a container, for example, a drink. You think the calories are for the whole drink, and it might be two and a half servings in that one drink. So now you're not only doubling it up, but... Or the little small bag, a little small bag of chips... And, uh, and and there's two servings yes. in that little bag of chips. Correct. Wow. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my favorite that I share with the patients is that um, a muffin, if you see a muffin, of course I'm not encouraging them to buy a muffin, <laughs> but uh, you see a muffin, you think, well, the serving is the whole muffin. And there's 250 calories per serving, and it's two servings. So if you eat the whole muffin, you're consuming 500 calories. And how many calories so, a day should the average senior be eating? For the most part, most literature recommends for women about 1,500, approximately 15. So uh, one muffin is a third of your calorie Exactly, intake. exactly. Wow, what about men? For men uh, that are not very active, about 1,800 to, say, 2,000. So the same kind of issue. It's a huge exactly. portion of uh, what your calorie intake should be. Correct. Uh, and, and are the people, uh, as they go through your class and become better educated, do they put that into practice? Do they become smarter shoppers? I, I have uh, had patients that, uh, tell me that they have, and they're they're more aware of reading labels. That they at the beginning, it's it's a little hard. They say it takes them a while, but after a while, they're very tuned in to looking at the labels and and looking at the carbs and the calories and the fats and and the sodium because some of these foods are very high in sodium. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had I want to share this. Uh, I had a class yesterday on reducing sodium. And uh, they were just shocked when I told them that a medium pickle has like 500 milligrams of, of sodium, and we're supposed to have about 1,500 per day. So, again, that's a third of how many exactly. you Exactly. So being aware of those things, then they can start reading Evan those Mary labels. Allen. Pickles are so <laughs> yes, they are. so. You gotta good. have a pickle. I was weaned on kosher dill pickles, so <laughs> don't take my pickles away. You know, you know uh, a question I have for you, Mary Helen, is what have you seen mainly um, when you have uh, participants come to your class? Um, what has um, what has uh, precipitated, I guess, if you will, them coming to your class? Because, many of them because their sugars have been... Because their A1C is hundred. Exactly, <laughs> because their A1C is a little higher. Or many of them actually have, are, don't have diabetes yet. There are some that are getting close to being diagnosed, and they want to do something about it so now. So they're pre-diabetic. Pre-diabetic. And so many of them, their A1C has been going up more. And, now, for those who don't know, A1C measures... It measures their their average blood sugar for the last two to three months, and so it gives them an, a percentage, an average. And the and number should be th- well. The American Diabetes Association recommends that it should be seven or less percent 
for someone that has diabetes. So if you get up to 7 or so and a little over, you're really pre-diabetic. Uh, to diagnose someone, the A1C, if it's 6.5, then they would be diagnosed with diabetes. Oh, okay. So, so if they're getting close to it, then they're, they're concerned. Right. And so that's, that those are some of the reasons. And some of the reasons are just that we invite them. We have flyers at the clinics and they see them and, and they're encouraged by the physicians. They're encouraged by the nurses in the clinics. And so uh, some of those patients come for those reasons too. And the classes are free. They're free. And so the awareness, uh, many times patients aren't aware that we have them. And so that's why we keep flyers and the doctors encourage them so that they are aware that they are available and they are free. Do I have to be a well-med patient to come to the class? Actually, anyone can come to the classes. That's good. So uh, we have them, like I said, we have them at most of the clinics and there are flyers. When when you bring a class together, it, it in many ways becomes a... Uh, informal support group it actually does uh i have a few patients that have been coming to our classes for six years oh that's they keep coming back they keep coming back that's great because they say uh we offer different classes they learn more they learn from each other and and when there's a group they actually do learn from each other and uh and also the other thing is that repetitious it, it keeps them motivated right so I was going to actually ask about that, that, you know, is it, is it just one class and I go and I get all the information that I need and then I leave and, and I'm, I'm supposed to know everything that I know or, or can I come back um, and, and, you know, get, get more information? So that, that's, yes, yeah, so, exactly. That's great. why they come back because we mm-hmm. offer different classes because, I mean, when we're talking about diabetes, there's just so much information. What right? other classes do you offer? Well, we offer uh, congestive heart failure. We, we offer um, uh, ischemic heart disease, which is, you know, heart attack and stroke. Uh, that's mainly what we talk about. We offer COPD classes. We offer, of course, the healthy grocery shopping. We offer the, I just had the reducing sodium. So many of those classes are requested. We offer reading their lab results. There's just so many classes that we offer. Well, one one of the questions I have is is because you just mentioned uh, quite quite a few um, of the of the different types of uh, uh, diseases, and as we know, many patients have have a comorbidity Uh, with with uh, nutrition and going grocery shopping and and things like that. Would uh, I mean is there is there just some some things in general versus um, there's there's just if you will a, a diet for diabetes there's just a diet for um, for if I if I've had a heart attack um, or, or is there or is there just some really good just some basic information that you can share that might be helpful to to our listeners out there. Well, we do have a class that we have that we call it Back to Basic Nutrition. So in that particular class, we talk about basic back, uh, uh, back to nutrition. Okay. Basics. So what would basics be? Mm-hmm. Basics, we talk about, again, uh, eating healthy. Uh, we talk a little bit about the Mediterranean diet. We talk a little bit about better choices, better mm-hmm. choices mm-hmm. in the foods. Like the meats, leaner meats, um, you know, the vegetables. We talk about you know, some of those things that we talk about. You know, about. We, we are hearing more about that, and you just mentioned that, and that's that, the, the Mediterranean diet. Is that, is that, the, the, is that the one? Well, the Mediterranean <laughs> diet, it, it's similar to what we recommend, not to eat so much red meat. Okay. Basically, more of your vegetables, mm-hmm. more vegetables. And we mm-hmm. kind of, when you know, we kind of recommend more vegetables. We have the healthy plate, which we recommend, half of the plate vegetables, and then your recommended carbs, and then your three ounces of, of lean uh, protein. In fact, that's a good point, because the old... Dietary standards provided much more meat, much more milk, much more starch. Uh, it, it was brought to us by the meat producers, the dairy producers, mm-hmm. potato producers. Three ounces of meat is about the size of what, a deck of cards? About a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. Which Correct. is not much compared no. to what you're used to seeing. No, it's right. not. You go to a place like Ruth's Chris or oh, the Palm and, and you get a 20-ounce steak. Right. Which is, let me point out, more than a pound. Yes, yeah. And and that's why we recommend <clears throat> half of the plate vegetables. So that's a filler. That's going to make them feel full. And then, of course, the recommended carbohydrates that they can fill the plate with. Of course, the other thing, and, and I'm sure you talk about this, is going out to eat becomes 
a big challenge. And restaurants, because food is the cheapest item they have compared to labor costs and what have you, they serve in some restaurants huge plates, huge plates Mm -hmm. filled with food. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So some of the recommendations is, of course, to ask for a a take-home plate before they start eating and separate and put in the take-home. That's my friend, Dr. Robin Eikhoff. Mm -hmm. I co-host Woman Radio with her. Robin fills that take-home box before she takes the first bite. One of the things that, that I know a lot of folks are doing, something that, that, that I do with some of my friends, is that we will actually mm-hmm. split a, an entree, uh, which, which, of course, sometimes the wait staff... There's an Well, the wait staff, yeah, don't particularly you know, appreciate that. But, but instead, of, instead of each person getting their own, is, is, is getting like two, you know, two uh, um, entrees and then splitting that between the, 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 the people at the table. Yeah. My husband and I always do that. We we split an entree and then we get an extra salad. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're so used to doing that already. A lot of restaurants will even separate in two separate plates. Right. And and give us half and half. So Who picks the entree that you eat. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> You flip a coin. Yes. Right. We flip well since coin. today's the, your anniversary, <laughs> you should probably get to pick the entree today. Stay with us just a minute. We're gonna uh, Come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Joy McQueen, who is filling in for Carol Zerniel. Mary Helen Vasquez is with us, and you notice she has yet to tell us how long she's been married. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Yes, indeed, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zorniel on special assignment. Joy McQueen is pinch hitting for her today. You find Joy at the Caregiver SOS Center over at Northern Hills, right next to the WellMed Clinic there. We're talking with Mary Helen Vasquez, who is a WellMed clinical educator, also a certified diabetes educator, and she tries to help folks eat well, stay healthy. And I would think, Mary Helen, we haven't talked about it yet, but part of what you incorporated, especially into the diabetes uh, education program is exercise. Oh, yes. you got to get out there and shake your booty. Exactly. One of the things that I, I'm glad you mentioned that because, of course, the control of diabetes, if we're talking about control of diabetes, is not just eating healthy but exercise. And I usually tell my patients uh, you have to eat healthy. Of course, when they come to the healthy class, you have to exercise, 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 exercise. <laughs> so by the end of the class, I says. Did I express that exercise was important? <laughs> and, of course, if they're on medications, medications as well. And, and it turns out, though, that if you really do get into exercise and you eat healthy, you can get to a point where you can reduce, if not eliminate, some of the medications. Certainly, certainly, certainly can. And it just depends. If, uh, if they were newly diagnosed, I've seen patients that uh, need to take medications, uh, uh, they need to take uh, insulin, they need to take pills, but if they control their diabetes, they start losing weight. Many times, they don't have to take the insulin. It it just depends. The blood sugar results are going to determine the treatment plan. You mentioned losing weight. Uh, It's a big challenge in, in South Texas and elsewhere. And a direct correlation between type 2 diabetes and excess weight. Yes, it is. You see that as a nurse all the time. Yes, yes. And and losing weight, of course, it's not going to just help their their diabetes. It's going to help their cholesterol. It's going to help their blood pressure. It's just going to make them healthy all the way around. So losing weight is very, very important. You can even get rid of acid reflux, which I suspect a lot of your patients struggle with. Perhaps, perhaps. When you became a nurse... Just a couple of years ago, <laughs> the, the choice of career path for you was what? What were you looking to do? It probably wasn't diabetes educator back then. No, it wasn't. It was just to to be a nurse, and uh, and of course, in in my nursing experience, I I worked just about every floor you can think of, from orthopedic to medical intensive, surgical intensive. And uh, and knew that there was lacking education for people that had diabetes because we were busy taking care of other issues and the patients. And so um, I did start as a health educator and, uh, and, of course, realized 
that it, the diabetes education was very important. Not only the diabetes, but any uh, blood pressure, any of the problems that they might have. Uh, and, and, of course, close to home, my mother was on dialysis for 13 years. And so close to home, just about everyone in my family has diabetes. Wow. And so I knew that by learning, they could probably prevent some of those complications. On dialysis for 13 years, what a challenge. It was. Absolutely. It really was. But, like, I like, and I'm aware that at the time she was diagnosed, we didn't have all the tools we have now. Mm-hmm. We didn't have glucose monitors. We didn't have all the insulins that we have now and all the new medications right. that are coming up that are great. And so the we, we've come a long way. We've come a long way in the treatment of diabetes. And what led you then into the education side? You miss being on the floor? Uh that would be a no. <laughs> right. No, I think I, I think uh, been there, done that, mm-hmm. and uh, I learned a lot, and I enjoyed it when I did it. But I think it was just time to move on. Tremendous need for nurses still, Absolutely. and great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, I've been with WellMed in twelve years, and I've been very happy. And WellMed has been very good to me. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I still enjoy what I'm doing. You know. Uh, uh, I have a question. Uh, when you have someone that comes to class that um, <clears throat> it, that that really you can tell really doesn't want to be there, that possibly their their doctor or somebody at the clinic has talked them into coming, um, how do you work with them, or have you found a way to work with them a little differently than someone who is there by by choice? Well, from my experience, I have seen body language not verbally telling me they don't want to be there, mm-hmm. but just by their body language and the way they look at you. And uh, and so I, I try and include them in what we're talking about as a group. And I like to, first of all, have them introduce themselves mm-hmm. and let me know, why are you here? What do you want to get out of this mm-hmm. class? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the initial things that I do. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I can kind of get an idea of what the class wants to know or what they want to learn from the class. And uh, and many times, these patients that come in that maybe didn't want to be there leave and many times are thanking me for being there. That's great. You've opened their eyes. Mm-hmm. I I believe so, and then they've they've gotten some feedback from the other patients as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, also I like the idea that you ask them what are you looking to get from this this exactly. this class. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in, you're engaging them oh, and, uh, and 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 empowering them yes. as well. And I ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I ask mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Like what? Like, first of all. Tell me what diabetes is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you felt. Um, you know, so I try and, and get them to also be included in the class, sure. part of the class. So mm-hmm. those are, you know, I keep asking a lot of questions. Right. So, so you're, so, so basically, so you're engaging them. You're not just yes. standing there, if you no. will, teaching oh, no. at them. No, no, no. So that and, makes it that makes a big difference. And we have a lot of hands on. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of mm-hmm. hands on. Uh, you know, as far as the carbs, uh, we have some some uh, mo- some food models so that mm. they can see the portions, so mm-hmm. they can feel mm-hmm. the the food. Not in, well, of course, they're models, but yeah. they can see right. what the portions are, mm-hmm. and uh, those kind of things. So I was thinking when we were talking about. Uh, going out to eat and the size of plates, for example. Uh, I've been out on occasion with, with someone who uh, will always ask, would you mind just serving that on a, on a smaller plate, uh, like you'd serve an appetizer? Mm-hmm. And it, it, our eyes and our minds uh, deceive us. A little food on a small plate looks like a lot of food. Right? Uh, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I've never, I've never experienced that in a restaurant. But I'm sure that they could. Yes, sure, absolutely. You know, the other thing is what um, I guess because I have, um, being a baby boomer, um, in in I have a, a lot of folks uh, that are friends that are getting healthier and making healthier choices, and going into restaurants, as Ron mentioned, and actually asking for what they want. And Ron, I've watched you do it. 
You now, I'm actually, very assertive yeah, in a restaurant. And, and just and no, no this I, I know what the menu says. Um, this is a modification of what that that item is, and this is how I want it. And and I have not really run into any restaurants where they're they're not willing to work with you. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the big challenge, of course, mm-hmm. is uh, cooks and sous chefs don't really read what the order is because they make the same thing over and over right. and over again. So mm-hmm. I will often say to the wait person, look, you got to look that chef in their beady little eyes and yes. tell them this customer says no butter, no oil mm. on this item. Right. And if you do that, it, it generally works. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I do encourage the patients to be more assertive. I tell them to ask questions, mm-hmm. th- to request things from the restaurants. And if they don't want to follow what they're requesting, then find another restaurant. Absolutely. You know, I grew up, and it's mm-hmm. very similar to, to growing up in a Mexican family. I grew up in a Jewish family where uh, chicken schmaltz, chicken fat, mm-hmm. uh, was used in everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up eating all kinds of the foods that were tasty as could be, but not good for you. Mm-hmm. Not unlike refried beans mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, tortillas and and all of the stuff uh, that really puts weight on, mm-hmm. uh, but you can, for example, order a taco without the tortilla. Right, turns out to be a lot less carbs. Exactly, right. mm-hmm. exactly. But it's the amount of of tortillas too, you know, and the, mm-hmm. and the amount that people eat. Well, I don't eat them any, you know. No. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason. I mm-hmm. had I had one patient that uh, said that he, before he came to the class, he was eating six tacos a day. Really? And after the class, he was eating two a day. I mean, not a day, but I mean for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One meal. Mm-hmm. But he was eating six uh, for breakfast. And wow. he, I think he lost like 40, 40 pounds. Well, he would. And with those changes. Yeah. So cutting, he realized that the portions. Just cutting out the tacos. Mm-hmm. So the portions is a big thing in right. in in the meals. Mm-hmm. And, and I grew up in a family much, I'm sure, like many Mexican families mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. my grandma Tamarkin, uh, the measure of if you were happy was how much you ate. Oh, oh sure. Oh, in, yes. in Yiddish, it was <laughs> gay and mein kind, eat, eat, eat. Yes. And yes, I'm sure there's a Mexican sure. translation. Exactly. I think it's yeah. universal. Yeah, right. exa- I'm sure. Right. Uh, and, and you deal with that in your class a lot, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to finish everything. Right. Despite right. the starving children in China. <laughs> right. Yes. That's right? true. That's true. And a- as you think about the changes that are coming, you showed us early on the new label that's coming, and we talked a little bit about portions and portion control. Uh, are you getting your message out? There must be, for you, the satisfaction is seeing people respond. Yes, they, they and, and they do. Once they come to the class, they do respond. And uh, and like I say, one of, one of the things uh, is the changes that they make. And when you see a change in their, in their hemoglobin A1C, mm. then you know that they have made definite changes. Right. And, and I have seen that. And they can see that change too then. Yes. And that's another thing we encourage to be aware of what the hemoglobin, many of them don't know what the hemoglobin A1C is. Oh, really? And so when they come and they learn what it is, Mm -hmm. then they are more aware of their lab results and look at the results. You talked about teaching them to read that lab report. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. So they can read about good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, et cetera. Anything we haven't asked you you want to share with us about your uh, education Um, program? No, I think we pretty much went over... Well, I have, I, I do have, I have a question okay. because okay. we did talk about a lot. So, if you had yes, to to leave us with that that one thing, you know, I know, like I said, I know it's all important, but what what if, to leave us with that one thing to think about when we're shopping or thinking about preparing a meal. In sh- in in grocery shopping, I would say stay away from the junk food. Okay. <laughs> and uh, one of the things on the label mm-hmm. is not to take home anything with trans fats. Mm. Okay. Or hydrogenated oils. Mm-hmm. Bad. Mm-hmm. Bad. I thank you for coming in. It's mm-hmm. been a thank pleasure you. talking with you. And if folks want to participate in this programs, uh, if they call six one five well, they can get information on the uh, diabetes education program and others like yes. healthy grocery shopping. Correct. Mary Helen Buskis, thank you. Enjoyed it. Joe McQueen, I'm Ron Aaron. Jamie Heisman joins us in a minute for Take 10 on Caregiver SOS on air on 930 AM, The Answer. And remember, all of our shows are available now 
on iTunes. Thank you. Those of us who are eligible for Medicare know all too well it's difficult and confusing to navigate the maze of rules and regulations, but now there's good news. The Medicare Information Centers brought to you by WellMed provide all the information Medicare-eligible people may need on Medicare and Medicare Advantage health plan options, preventive health care, health topics, government-sponsored Medicare savings programs, and a whole lot more, and there's no cost for the service. The Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are your one-stop, go-to resource for everything you need to know about Medicare and various other resources. Remember, open enrollment begins October 15th and continues through December 7th. Hey, don't do it alone. If you don't understand something, ask for help. It's available at no cost. Call 877-813-3134 for more information about open enrollment and for your appointment at one of seven Medicare Information Centers in San Antonio, 877-813-3134. I've got good news for you. If you are still wondering what you're going to do about open enrollment, deciding on what kind of Medicare plan you are eligible for and what will work best for you, the open season on Medicare enrollment ends December 7th. And we have people standing by right now to help you. No cost, no charge, nada. Just call 877-813-3134 for the WellMed Medicare Information Centers, 877-813-3134. The call is free and the service is free. Thank you so much for sticking with us and sticking around for Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known psychotherapist, specialist in caregiving and addictions, who joins us for Take 10 every week, and Joy McQueen, who is pinch-hitting for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. Take 10 deals with issues that affect caregiving and their families, and one it's perfectly appropriate to take up now, Joy and Jamie, with Thanksgiving literally around the corner. Talk to me, Joy, about what you hear from caregivers about holiday blues. Well, what we mainly hear is is the there is more added stress during this time, uh, particularly if you are the primary caregiver and trying to figure out where are the holidays going to be held. Uh, what do we do with mom or dad? Uh, do we, you know, do we um, sit them in the corner and ignore them? How do we engage them? Uh, and then also just de- dealing with with them. A lot of times we see, the, the, you know, with the, de- the depression coming out with with the with the uh, loved one during this this time. Um, you know, missing loved ones, uh, not being able to be a part of the celebration. Uh, and so we talk about, about how to go about getting them involved as much as you possibly can during this time. What role, Jamie, does expectations play in all this? Great question, Ron. The old saying, expectations are the seeds of resentment never could be truer than as we approach the holidays. Uh, And we're looking right now at the next, uh, I guess, five-week period basically being called the holidays. It's it's not a small time. I mean, it's Thanksgiving, it's it's Christmas, it's Kwanzaa, it's Hanukkah, it's uh, the New Year's. Uh, I mean, it's a roller coaster right now. And we're always supposed to look forward in our mind to the holidays and hope there'll be a time of happiness. That's the expectation you're talking about. Well, you see it everywhere. You see it in TV commercials. You see it on billboards. You see it in print ads, on the radio. Everybody's joyous. Everybody's happy, except everybody isn't. Exactly. No, that's why you know, mm-hmm. I see people who we have a strong, exacerbated sort of symptom of headaches and insomnia and anxiety and sadness and you know intestinal problems. I mean, you name it. This is really a time of, just like Joy was pointing out, of, of anxiety. That the, the ocean is peaceful to all the advertisers and all the commercial retail people, but... The waves, they're 20 and 30 feet high for individuals. And for individuals uh, who are caregivers dealing with someone uh, who may have dementia or some other debilitating illness, uh, all of that is magnified then. It is magnified, and, and I know that Joy and I can talk about some tools through the holiday season that you can deal with, but also the blues can graduate to a real severe biochemical depression. 
Um, you know, what you said about expectations is spot on. And with what Joy mentioned, you know, things are not measuring up. You know, the family isn't all around, or I'm, I'm still grieving the loss of a loved one. You know, if you have a propensity to depression or biochemically predisposed, you know, those blues can kick into full-blown depression. That's why I think that the listeners and caregivers and, and anybody involved in the holidays should really, really monitor themselves. And if these blues, quote-unquote, happen for uh, two weeks or greater, go in and get assessed and get evaluated. Absolutely. And do you know if you're depressed? I think I know. I mean, I'm just tuned to it both professionally and I come from a family with clinical depression. Um, but I think that anybody does. I mean, at some point in time, if we're not balanced, if our sleep is, is disturbed, if we're feeling anxious, you know, constantly having these anxiety attacks that Joy was talking about, if we're feeling sad in the face of what's supposed to be happy, I mean, these are all kind of sort of red flags for us to say things aren't going right. We also know that uh, in terms of uh, depression among older men, uh, increasing numbers struggling with depression and uh, also self-medicating. Now, does that increase during the holidays? Well, I'm happy you brought it up. Joy, you can take it and run with it, but I can tell you that the holidays blues is often just totally blown out of proportion by alcohol, booze, opiates, um, anything that self-medicates so that we have this illusion that things are going well. And believe me, the booze is plentiful, and unfortunately, in the healthcare world, so are opiates and benzodiazepines that are sitting around uh, loved ones' houses. Absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the things that we talk about when we <clears throat> excuse me when we um, do a class on on holiday stress or blues is, is that we really stress uh, talking about what is realistic. Verse, yep. versus what is as 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 uh, Ron was talking about what's in the stores you know right now they're already putting out Christmas things and the decorations and they look beautiful and and you know we're going to have a, a turkey and it's going to be wonderful but what is actually realistic wow. for your family you know it's a sidebar to that Dr. Mm-hmm. Jamie and Joy I was thrilled to see that Nordstrom's the big retailer mm-hmm. has yeah. agreed not to put up any holiday decorations until after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it used to just burn me up to see all those Hanukkah decorations up so early. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas. You know, to Joy's point, though, you do have to take mm-hmm. those expectations and live in the moment. And mm-hmm. the first thing I think we should do to combat the holiday blues is be, like, just like Joy says, be reasonable with your schedule. Don't overbook. Don't put yourself in a state of exhaustion. You know, make sure you have your priorities and, and organize your time. Because no matter no matter what happens, you know things can go awry. This is caregiving, right? And in a lot of families, and, and Joy, you know this very well as you do too, Doctor Jamie. Uh, very often, uh, the caregiver, often the spouse, uh, the daughter, the sister, the brother, have minimized to the world at large what's really happening with dad or with mom. And so, when the holidays come and people want to come over. Uh, there's a tendency then to be shocked uh, to see how far they've fallen. Yeah, and don't forget that you have these old tapes running in your head. So when the family gets together, uh, I mean, sometimes we have these visions that the holidays are supposed to be like when we were a child, but they never are. So when the family gets together, all of a sudden there's new revelations that occur, and, and this chemistry is often tough. And that's why I think, especially if a loved one has cognitive impairment, or is particularly, you know, feeling sick or, or ill, that you really want to, you know, not have as many parties. You want to make sure everything is simpler. And I, I personally believe everybody should be underplanned and just volunteering down the street at a homeless shelter. That would be my holiday uh, suggestion. He's Dr. Jamie Heisman. She's Joy McQueen. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zorniel on leave today on special assignment in the Valley. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on Air's Take 10. On 930 AM, The Answer. You know, uh, Dr. Jamie, one of the things that, that, we, that we've uh, talked to some of the caregivers about, and that is helping their uh, loved one to still participate in the, the family activity. So, for example, if, if mom always made the pies, but, of course, mom can't make the pies this year uh, because, you know, she is just cognitively unable to do so, mom can still sit and count out 
the pecans. And wow. while the rest, while they're, you know, while some of the other other family members are making those pies, or if dad used to be the one to cut the turkey or say the blessing that, you know, you find other ways of, of bringing them into this, you know, make almost, if you will, making um, a new tradition and so that they are involved. And as I mentioned, not sitting in a corner somewhere where everybody's just walking by them and and ignoring them throughout the course of the day. You, you know, routines help children, help adults, and help seniors, if you will, feel safe. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is exactly, exactly the deal. I think we should concentrate on safety, on balance, on routine, and to do it as much as we possibly can. It really allows people to feel a part of the whole process and not to feel ostracized. And isolation during holiday season is the cancer of the soul. So um, you're dead on correct with that suggestion. That's a good one. It's a bumper sticker. Isolation during the holidays is cancer of the soul. I like that. What what a beautiful time it is to stay close to a support group, Ron. To go to people who are actually there, not your family of origin, which we all get kind of hypnotized by that we need to be with, but our family of choice, which is the family, obviously, that brings us the greatest, hopefully, spiritual nurturance. Got to stop you right there. We are flat out of time. Dr. Jamie Heisman and Joe McQueen, thank you very much. And for support groups, Joy, Caregiver SOS on air can be helpful. TheCaregiverSOS.org. Absolutely. We have support groups all over the, the city that can, that can help during, during this time or any time. And just go to the website, CaregiverSOS.org, and you can get the kind of help you need. Jamie, thank you. Joy, thank you for... All of us here at Caregiver SOS on Air, we wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving, and may uh, may your joy, joy may your day be joyous. And for heaven's sakes, don't overeat. There you I'm go. Ron Aaron. Or, or over drink. <laughs> or yes, over drink. Thank exactly. you. I don't drink, so I, I don't think of that. This is Caregiver SOS on Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on Air. Presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Email suggestions and comments on this radio program to radio at wellmed.net. And join your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel, for another edition of Caregiver SOS On Air on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.